Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So today we have a wonderful guest. We've got Julia Profeta Johansson um, who's joining us. Julia is an impact investing and venture capital specialist based in Berlin whose mission is to accelerate how technology, business and investments generate social and environmental impact which is so interesting. She's the co-founder and co-CEO of Remagine, a challenger bank bringing founder-friendly, tech-enabled and impact-driven products and funding options to startups in Europe and the founder of Ella Impact, a global community of women focused on impact investments and businesses. Hello, Julia. How lovely to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Sandra. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Fantastic. Brilliant. I've been really looking forward to um, recording this one because you have got such an amazing, interesting background. I understand you're involved in a number of um, initiatives um, and I understand there's, a, you know, there's obviously a big importance and impact on um, DNI and and a number of other um, areas involved in business growth within tech. So I can't wait to find out all about it. Um, <laughs> first of all, let's start with um, just, I guess, setting um, a bit of context in the scene with our listeners and viewers. Um, so if you could give me like a quick, maybe five minute um, overview of your background. So where it all started, um, just give us a really quick overview of the key highlights of your journey, where it started and how you got to where you are today. Lovely. Sure. I'm super happy to be sharing a little bit with you today. And I hope that the listeners, they take something away from that. So as I was just like said, I'm Brazilian originally. And I think that my whole career actually starts when I was around like a yeah, teenager years when I was really like trying to like do something more with my life. So I have always been very much engaged with pro bono and voluntary work because of religion. So like in my Christian life, this has always been super strong for me. And that actually also informed a little bit my decision on where to go as a professional, right? So I think that I understood quite early on that business would be one of my main tools tools of like really promoting some kind of change in the world. Um, and, and then I started like as an entrepreneur that didn't really like work out so well. So after studying business, living here in Germany, went back to Brazil, trying to like really foster the concepts 
of innovation beyond technology. So a lot around like governance and leadership, also like marketing strategies and so on. Super interesting journey, ended up going to investment banking. So I would say that that was like my first real like professional experience where it really like shaped me on really getting the highest standards um, in place. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, as I was saying, like this whole like thing of connecting myself to like my, my spiritual life, my purpose, mm-hmm. like banking wasn't exactly uh, the place where I saw myself going forward. And that led me actually to like jumping from like banking to the tech industry and working for Rocket Internet in Brazil. So like for the listeners that are based in Berlin, like most of you actually know Rocket Internet. Mm-hmm. And there was like also like a very strong operation down there. But again, still like lacking a bit of like alignment with my purpose and vision for life. I left Rocket and then I went to work for Professor Muhammad Yunus. And Yunus was the Nobel Peace Prize winner of 2006. And he was the creator of the concept of um, microfinance back in the 70s. And like working with him was around the topic of social businesses. So really this whole initiative of looking at how we can use businesses to solve social environmental problems. Mm-hmm. super interesting concept can dive deeper if interest uh, people are interested on like what are the differences around like the concepts because then I left Professor Mohamed Yunus to join Vox Capital which was the first venture capital fund actually looking at fintech health tech and edtech so we mm-hmm. with really a very strong like impact focus um, and it was like a, a beautiful journey I was a partner there but then for personal reasons so as I mentioned to you before we started like recording Uh, My Mm -hmm. husband is Swedish. So in 2017, we moved to Germany. And for some time, I still was with Vox Capital, but then deciding that Berlin would be home, I left the fund. And then that's like the past like two, three years of my my life now where I founded like Ella Impact, which is this global uh, network of women focused on impact investments in businesses. And late last year, I actually found my, I met my co-founder or yeah, late 2019 and then the whole like reimagined journey actually started fantastic so interesting um so let's um I think it'd be nice to focus and and um go into a little bit more detail in the last kind of two or three years of your um journey um you know it's interesting that it's always interesting and I think we've had a number of um, people on the podcast and listeners and viewers that are interested in the whole, you know, business growth side, startups, scaling up. Um, So it'd be really interesting to um, get a little bit more detail from you in terms of how that journey's gone for you, the challenges, the pitfalls that you've experienced, what you've learned from from that, what others may be able to learn. Um, And um, yeah, just, I guess, a bit more detail would be really interesting. So I would say that um, I'm a very passion-driven person, right? Mm -hmm. So unless I find a a passion, I can really do anything very well. So I would say that um, after leaving the fund, it was sort of like finding again, who was, who was I, you know? So what did Julia want to do? What was my own like purpose, my own like professional um, ambitions and there is a framework that I like a lot and I use constantly with my businesses, but also the, to, to the startups that I work with, meaning like mentoring, advising, which is the theory of change. And essentially is like, how can we understand our vision for the impact that we want to create with our lives, with our businesses? And what are then like the inputs that you need? So what are the, the resources that you have at hand? 
and what are then the outputs that you create with these in, uh, inputs. So essentially operational indicators. So like bringing that also for a personal level and then understanding what kind of additionality that could bring to the world. So for me, it became very clear that capital and um, entertainment, so culture changing, were the two like tools that I would like to use in my life to create change. And that's mm -hmm. why I, I really looked at Ella Impact. So with this, maybe just like rephrasing a little bit, like for me, uh, as a woman coming from, you know, like studying business, working banking, venture capital, in tech, you know, we're normally like the few ones at the table. And that's a topic that in the past, I would say like five years has been like bothering me so much. Mm. And I understood that we, I had to do something about that. And that's why I created like Ella Impact. So it was like understanding that the edge could be, how can I teach more women that are in decision-making positions that there is a new way of doing business that is really like embracing who we are and that we have to use our tools as investors, as business leaders to really promote more change. So it was like this beginning of like just trying to put like together what could this look like and where this is all going. And, and then like connecting it already to reimagine was understanding that, okay, I can teach a lot of people, but now I need like a new vehicle to actually implement things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love talking, a lot of teaching, a lot of like mentoring, but then it was like missing this part of like going back to having my hands dirty. Okay. And like looking at alternative financing, looking at other like mechanisms within the financial world, I found that this could be again, so like continuing my journey, like a, a pretty good and interesting way of like leveraging its impact at scale. So I think, especially like in 2020, uh, so much change in our lives, right? And there was like this moment where everybody had to like look a lot uh, inwards to understand mm -hmm. what's going to be the path. And I think for any like new journey, there is like these moments of like MVP. So the minimum viable product that you try a few things out, you, you create some like proof of concepts, go back and forth, like uh, on the uh, drawing board. And I would say that um, with Ella Impact, it has been like a bumpy journey of like doing a lot of it, like by myself. Mm -hmm. and and then like with reimagine having a co-founder basically from the beginning has been the best thing ever so mm -hmm. um i was like previously as an investor very fond of no solo solo entrepreneurs so i always mm -hmm. like to look at investment teams or like right. entrepreneurial teams <laughs> and i have been like experiencing that like myself in practice for like the yeah this last year and a half almost of really finding someone that you can align your vision with and then create a team that mm -hmm. supports this vision and has like a culture that is like really transpiring on the everyday. And I would say that this is like one of the, the challenges and like one of, I, I, don't, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's like a pitfall, but it's just like a comparison between like Ella Impact and our Imagine um, mm -hmm. that when you manage to really like create a strong team from the beginning, things flow much easier. Of yeah. course, Ella Impact is a nonprofit, so it's like a different like that dimension, but still, I think it's an interesting comparison. It, it, yeah, it, it can be quite a lonely place as well, can't it, um, when you don't have that um, Definitely. founder or, you know, like you say, that, that real strong team at the start. Um, so how did, you, how did you find your co-founder um, and how did that kind of come about how do you how well do you work together what challenge have you are there any challenges you've experienced there and kind of growing that leadership team 
Yeah, so I think we were both in a place of um, searching. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it was like a common connection of ours that like connected us and say, well, Sebastian is looking for a female co-founder. And I know that you're looking for different things right now. So maybe you should just like sit down and have a chat. Yeah. So we did that. And I remember it was like a Friday 13th. That was a conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I have like this kind of like weird relationship with like Friday 13th. So that was like also the first date with my husband, for instance. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing for you then, Friday 13th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think it was like this conversation when I was like very skeptical, you know, because I heard about some things that he was doing and, and, and thinking. I was like, hmm, not so sure about that. And actually the conversation like really started like flowing so much better than I was expecting. It's like, well, maybe there is really something for us to explore um, mm-hmm. in more depth. And I would say that like with any relationship, it takes some time until you like gain trust in the other party that you really like align your visions. And I think that we were like very intentional from the beginning of like saying, okay, what is it that you want to build? You know, what is your ambition? Why is it that you're doing that? And then seeing whether we have true alignment. And I would say that some things you get to say at the beginning and then it makes things easier, but then you also like need some time to really cooperate and work together, right? And some things we managed to speed up. And I would say that, we had like a few months of like very intense work that were interrupted by Corona. So <laughs> all of a sudden we were like completely remote, right? So like trying to build a new company and create a new yeah. culture and like, well, I'm a, a big fan of like remote, but there is, you know, like when you're building something new from scratch, you still have like so much that can get lost in translation essentially yeah. because yeah, we're just here like seeing our faces. We don't see like the whole like body language. So um yeah. These were like a few of like the early days challenges, I would say. And when you don't know people very well at the start as well, it's hard to understand, isn't it? Like you say, you learn that tact, you learn over yeah. a long time of relationships. But when you're when you're when it's a new team, that's that can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to find out a little bit more then about where you're at right now with Remagine and um I guess your role as a leader and how how your teams would describe you and your leadership style as well. So 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 how big is how many people have you got at Remagine now? So right now we are, um, it's, it's growing almost every week, so it's hard to <laughs> keep track of everything. Um, right now we are 25. Fantastic. And that's all yeah, since that's 2019? Yes. The end of 2019. Wow. Yeah, I know that's great. Given the year that we've had, that is fantastic. Yeah. So you should be really proud and exactly. pleased with that. Exactly. I, I think we... Um, we were super like blessed and lucky like throughout 2020 with the kind of investors we managed to bring on mm-hmm. board with the kind of like partners to actually like allow us or enable us because we're actually like we're launching we're just like launching a bank right so like pretty soon uh, our customers will be able to like open accounts and have cards with us so it is just it's not like just like yeah selling you the next like SaaS for I don't know like ordering something online right so we have to comply with with a lot of regulation on our home country in other countries where we can like passport our products so um, it is like quite a big challenge that you really need the right partners in place and so like 2020 has been like super intense in that sense as well but like I think our vision and our mission of really like using financial products and services to really inspire and incentivize more impact has really brought so many, 
you know, like benefits to us. So it is a topic that truly inspires and, and attracts talent. I yeah. think we, if we said, we said that we want to like create this like new, like accounting method of like all the discounts that we got over 2020, just because of the impact mission that we have. So it's, it's crazy the amount like of, you know, like good deals that came to fruition because like these amazing partners, like from like branding perspective, for instance, you know, we managed to work with AKQA, which is for me, like the, the, the most prominent like branding agency in the world. And we're a tiny startup, you know? So there was like this buy-in that they said, well, we need to do this with you. We find a way, you know? So uh, I think that, uh, we managed to bring like these partnerships on board and attract like people that are like coming from, yeah, some other financial players, some other industries. And they just like, I need to have purpose in my work. I want to know that I'm doing something that's better for the world. And yeah. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. And that's obviously helped that team scale up to 25 so quickly. And obviously we're in 2021 now and you've got big plans for this year, which is awesome. So let's talk more about your leadership style then and how that's kind of, like you said, you've managed remote teams before, you're a fan of remote work, but how you've managed to really embed that team and and, and, and your leadership approach um, within your role at Reimagine. I think... It's very hard to talk about your own self when it comes to this, mm-hmm. right? You should be like asking the team <laughs> how they actually <laughs> perceive me. Well, um, what would they say? They gave you feedback. What, yeah, what do you think they would say? <laughs> but I think that um, one of the things that I, I keep like hearing like over and over from like different like contacts is like that I can be very inspiring. So I try to really bring always to the forefront what is the vision? Why is it that we're doing what we're doing? So what is it that really drives our work? And that normally tends to really bring people together. But I would say that there is a part of like the everyday life that, um, for instance, we decided to invert the org chart and having like Sebastian and I as co-founders and co-CEOs at the bottom of the pyramid in a way of trying to showcase a little bit that we believe in uh, serving leadership, for instance, right? So it doesn't, so the more you grow in the, the, in the company at the end of the day, the more you be, should be like supporting other people. And I think that's pretty much what I like to do uh, with the team um, is through like empowering them, giving them the right mm-hmm. tools, the right like condition for them to thrive, understanding that they are like um, much more than the skills that we hired them for. They're like people that are bringing like much more to the table. So how can you just like understand like this holistic approach of whoever it is that you have on your team and then like really give them like the right um, runways to actually like take off. So uh, I'm a very trusting person, I would say. So I like to really always, well, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, you know, fly, I'll give you the challenges. And if something doesn't really work well, we just like work around, we find ways of like fixing. So no micromanagement, I would say. And in that sense, for good and worse, right? So I would say that um, it depends a lot on the um, seniority of your team as well. So of course, like when you're in a startup, there is always like this mix of people working directly with you that are like quite senior. They are experienced. They can really take ownership and fly. And then you have the youngest ones that want to learn and want to be close to you. And then time is really scarce, right? So (laughs) I would say that like this, my empowering style sometimes can also be perceived like, oh, I don't get enough attention from her, you know? But I think that like just understanding that um, 
telling them that you are really like giving them room to be themselves and to be proactive. So this is like one of the things that we really uh, decided that is a very strong value of the company is like the ownership. So regardless if you are like, um, yeah, C-level, VP level, or like a, an intern, we've, if we give you like a task, you really have to own it, you know? Yeah. And I this is like that. the, and it has to be like, it's the only, it's the key for you to be, build a great company. Otherwise, if you just try to have your fingers and like telling people what to do all the time and you don't really bring the best talent, it's impossible for you to really com- accomplish like such, <laughs> I would say a humongous kind of vision, you know? So, but by allowing people to blossom like that as well, you should that retention rate should be there because they're feeling so much ownership for everything they do. Is it and all these little great individual things going on in the business contribute to this fantastic, amazing team at the end of the day, which is really cool. So, yeah, I love a lot about what what we just discussed there. So, I'd love to obviously, um, you've spoken a little bit about Ella Impact, but we'd love to know what else you're passionate about, and I guess talk a little bit more about Ella Impact and the size of the community that that you're at today. Mm -hmm. So, I am definitely passionate about the whole topic of gender balance. So, I, I decided to even like define like a, a term for myself and for the community. So um, I, I believe really in the balance between like male and female or like feminine and masculine. So I think this is like the new terminology that we have been using quite a lot, which is like the aspects of leadership, of management, of thinking even that is different from like feminine and male perspectives, right? So regardless of the gender, so not really going into that territory, I would say. But at the same time, what I see happening so much within the business ecosystem and investment ecosystem is that we women, we don't have so many networks. So we are still like far behind what men actually have. And we need to really support each other much more if we want to get more room at the table, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you look at other uh, senior partners or senior level um, professionals in the VC and P industry, it's not even like 10% in the U.S., you know, or even here in Europe, I think it's like around like 15 right now, but come on, we're like much more than that, right? So for me, like representation is so relevant, it's so important. And we need to really have like more women at the table so that we can have like more money going also to female entrepreneurs and diverse teams, right? So like right now, not even 3% of venture capital money actually goes to like female entrepreneurs. And this is a huge problem because at the end of the day, technology and these startups, they're also shaping the future. And 51% of the population is actually female. So I think there is a small like mismatch, right? So, um, and I think like our community is somehow curated. So we are around like 200 women from 17 countries right now. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it's, of course, I think there's like a strong uh, concentration still like in Europe and the Americas where like mm-hmm. my personal networks is also like uh, stronger. And that's where like normally I'm, speak at conferences, going to events and like getting to really expand uh, the women I know. But I would say that for like 21, 22, also as Reimagine gets to a place of like having like a stronger team as well that yeah, I can get yeah. back to like investing a bit more time even with Ella and expanding. So having having conversations to go more into like Africa, Middle East and potentially also Asia. So I think it's like allowing us to have these um, spaces for conversation for candid conversation and like sharing anxieties and worries and just like talking you know sometimes just like 
not having the main explaining <laughs> happening around you. So like creating the safe space so that we can also have like these other environments where we have like the 50-50 balance of like men and women. When I think could be really interesting because so I'm just yeah I mean I'm I'm inspired you said before how when we asked you about your leadership um skills and style and experience um that you said you've been told that you need you can be really inspiring and I'm so inspired particularly um around the stuff that you've been doing with Ella um what um about Ella Impact what how how did that come about and maybe if you could maybe spend a couple of minutes talking to the listeners and viewers about um how you got that network up and running and going because I know that there's lots of I know locally we speak to um a number of people that are really trying to do that same thing and there's lots and I, I think particularly um due to the pandemic um and 2020 that we've experienced um I know that there's more and more individuals businesses um that are looking to um you know make that impact and do things for the greater good um mm-hmm. so it'd be really interesting I think to tell everyone a little bit more sometimes people you... don't know where to start do they yeah That's yeah yeah and it's like and obviously <laughs> you've created such a great network now across so many different countries I mean that's a really big accomplishment how how did it Thank start you. and any advice for for others I think um I will go back to like individual passions as like one of the secret sauces in a sense, right? I think that I am a networker by nature, even though I'm an introvert. So this is, you know, like people think that, oh, you have to be an extrovert to actually be like speaking places, connecting people. But no, I really need my own little moments by myself to recharge. But I think that I've always loved like connecting people, like from like my times, like in banking and like leading other like communities when I was in university. So that has been somehow like growing. And then I think that uh, Ella started with this, just this thought of like, let's start like bringing some women together, you know, like some women that I know that are interested in learning more about that. Like some women that are already doing something in that sense mm-hmm. and they just like lack the safe space. So um, I would say like the first like gatherings, they really started here in Berlin. And we started with like 10, 15 women, then go, grow into 30, and then a little bit of like word of mouth. So we also did events like in New York, we did some events in Sao Paulo. So it's a little bit of like, well, I invite you and who else do you know that you think would also like profit from that? So we never did like advertising. And I think that the idea would be to really like grow organically and have like this, like this, these moments where you can actually get to start like knowing to, uh, to know people. And mm-hmm. I have to say, it's a super challenge to really like promote engagement in these kind of communities, right? Because like normally um, how many communities are we part of or like how many, you know, like activities, responsibilities, priorities do we have in our days. So trying to create something where like content ha- can like flow through the community and it's not like burdensome, but at the same time you have the opportunity and the possibility of like logging in whenever there's like a webinar happening or just like listening to it later on, if you couldn't really like log in at the same time, because we have like so many different time zones, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I like to say that like, um, dreaming big and dreaming small, it's like the same kind of, of work, but then executing is the difference, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> that's the difficulties and the challenge. Exactly. So uh, I like to always think about like scale. So for me, it's like, how can we start like small, but with a structure that can be replicated, you know? So mm-hmm. 
if we are already like doing content in English, so we can really like reach many more women than only like here Berlin and mm. like this hub of like Germany and these, you know, like other cities around us. And then I know that if we want to go even deeper in certain countries, then we have to relocalize the language. But then in, let's start in English, you know, just by doing English is going to be like a, a, a big victory. And then mm -hmm. potentially we can go into like a bit more like localized, having, mm -hmm. you know, like gatherings in German, French and Portuguese and so on and so forth. So I think it was like this moment of like just thinking what is it that I can give back somehow to the community because I managed to make it somehow um, without having the support network, but I truly mm -hmm. recognize how different it is, you know, how, mm -hmm. how powerful it can be. So, yeah, it's, it's over two years now. Fantastic. What do you do to bring everyone together? Do you run events every so often or? Yeah, so we, we started with like some offline events so that you can really have, you know, like closer groups, uh, like smaller ones that people could start like, getting to know each other and then, mm -hmm. you know, exchanging even like afterwards. There has always been like, you know, like this backbone of like content that we, we send through like articles and like newsletters. So we have like a monthly newsletter that goes out with like highlights of what's happening like in, within the community, like in the investment ecospace, the impact ecosystem as well. And then having also like online webinars, you know, I think this is something that we um, was planned for 2020 and then Corona hit and was like, oh my God, that's even better. So I was like... <laughs> We were discussing like should we try to do like a larger like conference with more women coming together or should we just give it a try for like the like the, the virtual formats and actually it was just like you great were pushed we, into it anyway in the end <laughs> so it was just like yeah not that bad at all at the in the end but of course yeah. I think there is always like this challenge of like creating the deeper connections when you only have the virtual gatherings and people have never seen each other before so I think that I, I'm really looking forward to, you know, vaccines and like mm -hmm. no lockdown, yeah, and like the possibility <laughs> of just like bringing people together because I know that we will be able to fire up the community much more uh, in 21 if that allows. Yeah, definitely. Um, on that note, you have, sounds like you've got a lot on and I know you said that you've probably not had that time to do as much with Ello Impact recently due to um, obviously the current business and 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 also last year has been a it's been a challenging year for us all um, with all the changes and, and things like that it's been I think it's been it's added more hours to the day hasn't it so um, yeah. what um, what do you do um, and what helps you to keep your mind clear and, um, you know, your health and well-being? Like, how do you keep yourself kind of sane and healthy? So have you got any tips and any kind of thing, any good things that you, you generally practice to, I guess, keep yourself stress-free? Definitely. I think mm -hmm. um, there is a component of self-discipline that I really saw the huge benefits of it like throughout 2020 that sometimes I used to take it for granted, but I do daily sports. So that's how I start my day because I'm a night person. That means like, don't try to schedule any kind of meetings before 9, 9.30 a.m. with me because I won't be functioning, you know? So I just, like, <laughs> so I just take these like few couple hours of the day so that yeah. I can, you know, do my sports, you know, have like a... a not so long shower because I have to be like conscious about like water spending but <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but just like some time that you can like be with yourself while you're waking up. And I always have like every day my meditation and time with God that really keeps me focused on like allowing me to remember that even though we're here, there's something beyond. That's what, what I believe in. And I think it, this really keeps me grounded and gave me, you know, this clarity for the day I had. And um, yeah, I think for, for the first like several weeks of the pandemic, I was also like fasting, meaning I would have even like more time to really like focus and I think that without that, I would have gone crazy because so much, it was such a roller coaster. So mm. I would say that these are like two things and, and I have my music and I think it's like also part of like my hobbies, but it's something that keeps uh, me yeah, somehow alive and allows me to like express emotions and feelings in a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. so my, my piano for for quite some time it's like I would say like normally like Mondays and weekends that's where like a lot of the stress goes out through yeah. oh, well you come across as very calm you have this you very do. calming aura so obviously those <laughs> like mornings that's one thing I think they do better in Germany than we do in the UK because everyone in the UK is in the office really early we start in- early yeah, yeah. But yeah. people yeah. in Germany they do the same I'm a bit of an exception I would say oh. like Lots of our clients don't. They don't go into the office till like 10. Yeah, Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a few of them actually, yeah, which is nice. I'd like that. I'm not. I'm not. What time? Morning. What what time do you finish your day then? She said you're not a more not not that you're not a morning person, but you use obviously you take that time to look after yourself oh, wow. and then. I, I I think like the day never stops. <laughs> As um, an entrepreneur, I think this is like one of the challenges, yeah. right? So I think there are like some hours like in the evening that you have just to stop and give attention to your family and, and friends. But I would say that. There are like some days that like around like my 30, 10, that's when I become a bit more productive and I have ideas that I have to sit down and, and you know, like scribble something and, and draft mm-hmm. something else. So I tend to become like more productive to, towards the end of the day, I would say. Mm. Fantastic. I know I'm the same sometimes I've, uh, when I've looked back at, you know, maybe an email that I've sent myself because I've thought of a really good idea or um, I may then have thought of an idea and I'll, I'll do something about it and maybe send a couple of inquiry messages out. And then I'll look back and I'll be like, wow, I did that 11 o'clock at night. And you'd think that it would stop me from sleeping, but luckily it doesn't. And I still sleep pretty well. So, um, But I think that's like one of the things, right? Sometimes you should just like take some notes and leave the thoughts there so that you can actually like re-release yeah um, I do try and do that a bit more now so that it's I get it out of my head yeah. and onto paper or on email and I think then... as a leader though that's something that you need to be careful with because it's we've it's been discussed on our podcast a few times and it's under yeah. that we just it's sometimes that you work 24 7 like you say you're an entrepreneur it's amazing and you're you've obviously got this fantastic work ethic but like emailing late at night and things like that it's obviously something you need to be careful with isn't it between like monitoring but I'm the same if I get an idea I have to get it out of my head and I email it to myself so in the morning I come in the office and I've got a few emails to myself just so I know right first thing I'll crack on with this but it's definitely something yes but but you know it's like interesting that we like touch on this topic because um we have embraced the remote first or remote friendly. So we're defining a little bit, but meaning mm-hmm. we don't expect everybody to be online at the same time, right? So mm-hmm. we're still, we can't have like everybody at the office, like some part of like our team is not in Berlin, Berlin even, but you, when we're talking about like consciousness, it should also be like conscious leadership in that sense that 
when are you expecting people to respond? You know, like when are you sending people like messages and are they expecting to, are they expected to be responding like right away or do they feel the pressure of actually like answering right away? Or even if you're like shooting out like messages like over the weekend and now everybody has Slack. So it means like you have like this ongoing conversation always. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really like, it's a big challenge because you want to get like so much done, but you have to allow yourself all uh, like your mind to unwind you know, you need time to disconnect. So like some days when I have off, that's when I, I work the most just because I'm not back to back in meetings. And then yeah. you just have like different like impulses and different like uh, inspirations. And then you say like, oh yeah, I finally have like more clarity again. So I would say that uh, 2020 has been like a challenging year to like find these moments of like disconnection, but yeah. I know how important they, they are. And I think it's like one of my, promises to myself is trying to be <laughs> a bit better on that side of like taking some time off definitely always the challenge when you're an entrepreneur isn't it you know that right <laughs> <laughs> fantastic um so it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast um so yeah, it's been so great having you here. I'd love to um, finish. We always finish with one last question. 2021 is a big year for Imagine. And also, like you say, you've got a lot going on um, with Ella Impact as well. But if you can tell us what you're most excited about over the year, hopefully you might be able to find time to travel back to Brazil this year. Hopefully, yeah. I would yeah. like to go at least like twice a year back home somehow, you know. So Lovely. Uh, once a year is, is too little. But I would say what I'm really excited about is really seeing our like new products coming to life and really like mm -hmm. showing the market and the media and like the whole like business community that it is possible that we use like financial incentives for different purposes. So not only like the pure success, but you truly like use that to incentivize more companies to look at the impact topic. So like some pretty cool news like coming up as we launch our like bank accounts and the cards, et cetera. So I invite you all to like, stay tuned, follow us, you know, like on our social media, because a lot of cool things are coming up. Fantastic. So exciting. And if people want to get in touch with you, do they just, is LinkedIn the best form or Twitter, Julia? What's the best way to get in touch? I would say, I would say LinkedIn. I have like a challenge of like being a bit more active on, on Twitter <laughs> this next year. But I've been more active on Instagram, I have to confess. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, it's been so lovely meeting you. Thank you so much. And perhaps we can look at um, joining together and doing some partnership, maybe events. Um, that would be fantastic. We'd love to sing all the great things you're on about at Remagine and Ella Impact as well. Um, to our listeners, as I'm sure they'd be interested in finding out more and getting involved. So hopefully pe people will reach out and get in touch with you as well to find out about how they can get involved. Definitely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having this conversation with two power ladies. Uh, like, <laughs> like podcasts, they're like, they're dominated by men. And that was like a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for oh, allowing me to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks very much for your time. It was so interesting. Really enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> Thanks to, to hear you. that. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Bye.